Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm Pastor Carrick Butler II. I lead Faith Christian Center in Austell, Georgia. Thanks for tuning in today. I believe today's message will encourage you, inspire you, help you live a life that makes Jesus famous in every area of your life. And as a result of this message, I believe something good is going to happen in your life as you listen and as you apply it. So listen up. Here's today's message. So we're continuing the All in All series that we started on the first Sunday of this year. And to remind you some of the things the Lord has been sharing with us, that during our faith experience on Wednesday, September 29th, a word of prophecy came forth that said the end part of this prophecy was when we turned the corner, meaning when we went into this year, we're going to run into the wonders of God that's going to cause you to go, wow. That's going to cause you to go, whoa. That's going to cause you to be amazed by the outpouring of the power of your God. We said, the Lord said through Dr. Jerry Savelle, 2019 will be a year of marvels wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of your God. We know this is a year of abundant harvest that will cause us to be in awe with what our God will do. So in this series, we've seen how to get in position through faith and faithfulness in order to receive the good and perfect gifts that God sends our way. We understood from the series that we know God has heard us, that he has restoration and recompense on his mind, and that if we expect to reap our abundant harvest, we must fight the good fight of faith. And in this year of abundant harvest, where we're all standing all with what our God will do, do not, I repeat, do not limit your God. In this year of abundant harvest, where we will all stand in all, do not limit your God. Do not limit him. You need to remember who he is. Throughout the Old Testament, one of the names of God is El Shaddai. That name means the all-sufficient one, the all-powerful God, the God who is more than enough. He is the almighty God who has all power to do us all good, and he does it all the time. In Micah 2.13, God calls himself the breaker or the one who breaks through. He is the Lord of the breakthrough. He is also the Lord of the harvest. And as we saw last week, he is the Lord of hosts, the God of angel armies. Do not limit your God. Remember who he is. You may say, is it even possible to limit God? Psalm 78 41. Look what it says. Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. So we might say, well, God is almighty. You can't limit him. But this verse just said that God's people limited him. So although this is a year of abundant harvest where we're all standing all, you can still limit God in your life. See, there are no limits in God, but we can limit him in our lives. Have you limited God in your life? Think about that question. I'll have Minister Dathan help me with this example. Have you limited God in your life? Have you limited what he can do in your life this year? Have you listened to the wrong voices and allowed them to place limits on you? Because you may not have limited yourself, but you start listening to the wrong people and you believe them, so you limited what God could do in your life. Have you been listening, come on, help me, to the crows of life? See, see, when I began to think about this message, it reminded me of a movie called The Wiz. <laughs> see, because a lot of us, we broke out this year, oh, this is going to be your all in all, and now it's February, and we're rethinking some of our faith confessions. He's like, well, I was going to be focused on my goals, but, you know, January happens, and my non-snow day of a snow day threw me off, and 
I'm off plan. But the thing is, you start listening to the wrong voice. We talk about how the enemy will come to you last week, and he'll sound like you to get you to believe what you don't need to believe. And so before it's all said and done, he'll have you repeating crow commandments. That you're not supposed to be reading the word. That your God really can't do it. And then you put yourself up on a scarecrow pole and you're up there. Going, I don't know how God's going to get me down. God already did everything needed to get you down, but you put yourself back up on that pole. And so the crow commandments keep going on and on, and you listen. Well, yeah, that does make sense. You know, everybody in my family has the same issue. You know, why should I be different? Well, pfft. Man, I've been in debt so long, why should I get supernatural debt cancellation? Well, my pain really isn't that bad. I can just, I can just tough it out. I shouldn't believe for healing. Well, abundant harvest, well, that might work for pastor and a few others, but, you know, is it really going to happen to me? So you start listening to these crows talk. And you start believing what they said, and then before you know it, they got you so indoctrinized, you start singing the crow anthem. You can't win. You can't break even and you can't get out of the game. People keep saying things are going to change, but they're looking like they're staying the same. You get in way over your head and you only have yourself to blame. You can win, child. You can't break even. You can't get out of the game. And see, the thing is, although he did it great, but that's some of the songs that y'all singing. You leave church full of faith, but Monday hits, oh, I can't win. I can't break even. Nothing's going nothing's to change. It's all going to stay the same. So you're faith people on Sunday, but on Monday, you sing the crow anthem. And if you expect to have abundant harvest, remember we said last week, you got to learn how to fight. You can't put up with what the enemy does. You can't put up with his lies. Well, did you see what they said on the news? And what? Did you see what it said in the Word of God? Well, pastor, you don't know what the doctor said, but you know what your God said. We have to be people who refuse to repeat the crow commandments, who refuse to sing the crow anthem and says, I'm going to win. All I do is win because my God is on my side. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. My God is the almighty God. He is the all-powerful God. He is a God who is more than enough. He is the Lord of the breakthrough. He is the Lord of the harvest. He is my God. He will not let me down. He will not give up on me, but I will break through every limitation. I will break through any barrier, and I refuse to limit my God in my life this year. Thank you. So don't limit your God this year because God has not limited you. You have something called Kavu. C-A-V-U. C-A-V-U is a term pilots use meaning ceiling and vision unlimited. Ceiling and vision unlimited. Don't put limits on your God. He wants you to experience the kavu this year and every year going forward. Listening to the crows of life will keep you from flying kavu. See, kavu is one of the most ideal conditions for a pilot to fly in. F former President George H.W. Bush 
when he, someone was interviewing, describing his life, he said, how would he describe his life? He said, I would call it Kavu. It's been unlimited. He said, I've been blessed. He says, I've been able to do everything that has been put in my heart to do. And he described that life as Kavu. And the thing is, the way that our God blesses us, shouldn't that be our same testimony? Well, how would you describe your life? Kavu. Ceiling and vision unlimited. Because when it's Kavu, there's like at least 10,000 feet of ceiling. You can see at least 10 miles in any direction. That you've risen about a higher above demonic turbulence and petty drama. That if you're going to get all the harvest available to you this year, you have to have some kavu. Don't limit yourself. Stop singing that crow anthem and start saying, I have kavu. Say, I have kavu. I have kavu. Go with me to 2 Kings chapter 18. 2 Kings chapter 18. Second Kings chapter 18. The king of Assyria is coming to destroy and overtake Judah. Hezekiah had for years refused to pay him tribute, but now the king's at his door. He offers, but the king of Assyria is not buying it. And so he sends messengers in front of the wall to bring a message to Hezekiah. And so they begin to say, that don't listen to Hezekiah, he's going to get you in trouble. Don't think, does Hezekiah say that your God will protect you? Well, your God told us because they started twisting things. Hezekiah was a reforming king. He took out idols from Israel. He took down the wrong places. And so the enemy began to say, well, didn't Hezekiah offend your God? By the way, your God told us to come and destroy you. See, the thing is, the enemy knows enough about your religious persuasion to use it against you. And so he, they kept saying it in the Hebrew tongue, and the leaders who were at the wall said, hey, stop speaking in Hebrew. Speak in another language. We understand that other language. They said, no. You think our king just sent us to tell you? We want everybody at the wall to know that we're going to wage war against you to the point that you eat your own poop and drink your own pee. This is what they're yelling. And so they are distraught, and they go to King Hezekiah, who turns to God, and the prophet Isaiah sends him a message. Don't trip about this dude. Don't worry about him. I got him. I'm going to put a hook in his mouth and drag him back home. See, God knows how to take care of his people. And so he believes it. Then the king of Assyria sends another message. See, sometimes you can get in faith because God already responded to your prayer request, but the enemy starts talking again. He gets nervous again. So the king sends a letter this time. And it says, look, I took Samaria, I took this land, I took this land, I took this country, I took this nation. Their gods couldn't save them. What makes you think your God can save you? And so Hezekiah took all these letters, went to the house of God and put them out before God. God, you see what he has said. And it's true. Everything he said is true. Their gods couldn't save them. But their gods are wood. Their gods are stone. Their gods aren't you. Now, here's what he said. And as he's praying, the prophet Isaiah gets another message. It's a message of encouragement, a message of confirmation that God has it, that God's going to take care of it. And he believes that the Lord will 
deliver us. You see that story play out in chapter 19. And then he trusts God. He leans on God. But you got to think, nothing has changed. The word of God has come forth. The prophet has spoken. But nothing's happened. But they go to bed. And at night, God says, one angel said one. Just one. He didn't say he sent an army. He just sent one. And he took over 180,000 troops out. One angel. Sent the king of Syria back home. And he got home, got to the temple of his God. And then his sons came out and killed him. See, the thing is, don't let what the enemy says throw you. God told Hezekiah, I will deliver you. God told you this will be a year of abundant harvest. So don't let the crows of life talk you out. No matter how loud they yell at the wall, no matter what story they make up, no matter how religious they sound, don't let the crows of life talk you out of your miracle. Don't let the crows of life talk you out of your harvest. Don't let the enemy make you back down from your faith confession. Because if the enemy can't get you an outright sin, he'll try to contain you. It's okay if I can't make them leave Jesus, I can't make them leave following God, but at least I can keep them in this box and they can't do my kingdom any more damage. Because if the enemy can't stop you, he'll try to contain you and make you agree with him. So, well, you know, I've seen enough blessing in my life. You know, me and my four, we're good. We don't need to go further in God. We're good right now. And then he say, yeah, yeah, you are good. And then he starts sending other politicians to say, you know, no one should really have this amount of money. Why do you need that money? The government should have all the money. Now, let's, let's pause there for a second. No one in the Bible did God say how much money you can have. So why would you listen to politicians just because they're popular tell you no one should be able to have that amount? Limits. That people try to set on you. I recently heard the story at this minister conference at the other week. And it was a story about, I think it was about 1901. And it was a conversation of these four leading men of industry. And they came into this bar and they're sitting down and the bartender says, oh, here are these people again. And they said, well, what do you think? They just turned the century. They said, well, what do you think is going to be like in the 21st century? And one person said, well, I think at the turn of the next century that people will be able to listen to full symphonies in a small little electronic device. And people around were like, this guy must be crazy. He says, I really think that there will be people will be able to watch events all around the world on this through electronic moving pictures. And the bartender goes, that Edison is crazy. But then Edison goes on, and then another guy starts talking. He's like, you know, I believe you're right, Thomas. But I believe that this hobby of mine I started with this automobile, I believe it's going to change the face of the nation. I believe by the turn of the next century, almost every house can have their own personal automobile. And beyond that, I believe that there's going to be highways that stretch out through this whole nation that people can travel across, and every family can have one. The bartender's like, that Henry Ford is crazy. I'm sure glad he's not over any something important. And then that conversation keeps going, and then a name, a guy says, well, you know, Ford, I believe you, and I believe I'm going to be part of it. 
You know, I've seen some success in the rubber industry. His name was Mr. Firestone. He says, but I believe I'm going to be part of what helps us go throughout this nation. And I believe at the end of this nation, Thomas said, I believe people will be able to take trips even to the moon. This was too much for the bartender. He went over to them because they were in their own private conversation. You guys are cranks, crackpots, crazy. Sometimes your conversations are entertaining. Sometimes they're amusing, but you have gone too far. Trips to the moon, symphonies in small little boxes, people watching digital images all around the world. Don't you understand, Thomas, there are limits? And then this 10-year-old boy comes up to Mr. Edison. And I said, Mr. Edison, are there really limits? And Thomas got eye to eye with the young man and said, there are only the limits we put on ourselves. And we allow others to put on ourselves. See, there are no limits in your God. But so many people have listened to bartenders and crows let God limit them in their life. That you keep coming up with excuses why it's okay for you to be limited. You keep coming up with excuses why it's okay for your prosperity to be contained. You keep up coming up with limits why I can't be that healthy. You know how old I am. You keep coming up with these limits and you justify it to themselves and the crows are amen in your justification. And before you know it, you're singing the crow anthem that you can't win and you have a whole list of reasons why you can't win. Take the limits off of your God. You have to have unlimited thinking if you expect this to be a year of abundant harvest. See, a limited person will look at a peanut and say, I just need to eat it. But a person with unlimited thinking will go into a laboratory and talk to God. God, why did you make this peanut and make so many inventions that changes the modern world? Where's your thinking? Are you limited? Have you come up with excuses? They may be good excuses. The rest of the world may buy them, but your God doesn't. And I don't buy them. And you know, deep down in your heart, there's something in you pushing for more. There's the spirit of God saying, more, push through, go farther. Don't limit yourself. See, sometimes limitations are passed down. Handed down from generation to generation. I remember this one story. I heard a preacher say that, you know, that this wife was cooking a roast. And so she chopped off the edge of the roast and put it in the oven. And her husband was just, well, babe, why do you chop off the edge of the roast? And she's like, you know what? I don't know. Mom always chopped off the edge of the roast. So she called her mother. Mom, why did you chop? You know what? I don't know either. But grandma always chopped off the edge of the roast. So they called grandma. So you know what? Grandma's like, I don't know either. Big mama always cut off the edge of the roast. So they called big mama. It's a family mystery now. Why did we cut off the edge of the roast? And said, child, I didn't have a pot big enough for the roast. So I had to chop off the edge so I could put it in the oven. But for generations, because they didn't understand that they had limited thinking because one generation wasn't prosperous enough to have a big enough pot. So you have to analyze your life. Is there something in your life that is limited because you've been taught that by precept or example? That you said, I can't go further because I only saw this way? You said, well, pastor, you know, what you see is a limitation. Then yes, stop looking at what you can see and get in that book. And understand your God is the almighty God. He is a God who is more than enough, and he's not the one who's limited you. You have limited yourself. 
like David when he was going to battle against the Philistines. You see it in 2 Samuel chapter 5. That the Philistines came up for war, and David had learned enough to inquire of the Lord. And he says, should I go up against them? He says, you shall go up, and you will win. And so as he goes up against them, it says, David talking about his victory of the Philistines, he says, he called it the place, Belperazim, the master of the breakthrough, or the Lord who breaks through. See, the Philistines were coming as a limitation, but God calls them to break through. But you look at when they tell that story in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, I believe verse 11, and David said, he called it the place of the Lord of the breakthrough because God has brought breakthrough through my hand. See, a lot of times people just want God to just drop down from heaven, cause things to break through and go back up to heaven and let you live your life. But when it comes to faith, sometimes faith is just taking a step forward in obedience and letting God work through you. That there are some things God has called you to do this year, areas where you're supposed to reap harvest in this year. Take a step out there. Well, pastor, I took steps before. It didn't work. I didn't say what happened before. I said, take a step out now. Take a step out believing that God can bring breakthrough through your hands. Don't let crows and bartenders and Assyrians intimidate you. Go to 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9. 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9. Kavu. Ceiling and vision unlimited. Take the limits off of your God. And you see in chapter 4, it's talking about the descendants of Judah. And then it pauses and says, and Jacob was more honorable than his brother. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez because I have bare him with sorrow. The word Jabez also means pain. Imagine your name being Pain. And when people say, hey, how you doing? Hey, Pain, what's going on in your life today? That name sounds like a limitation. So you can take that name and what people called you and say, well, I am limited in my life because of this, that, and other. Even when I came into the world, I was causing people pain. So wherever I'm going to go, this is going to be pain, 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 pain. And that's what some people do. They take previous experiences and say, this is what's going to be their future. But this wasn't Jabez. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, or enlarge my borders, or enlarge my territory, and that your hand might be with me. The hand of God represents his delivering power and the power of his spirit. And that you would keep me or protect me from evil, that it may not grieve me. This word grieve means hurt or cause pain. So Naso Gideon says, Yep, I know they called me pain, but if your hand is with me and you keep me from evil, they, the evil won't pain me. And notice how that verse ends, and God granted him that which he requested. You know, when I was looking over this prayer again and again and again, one of the things I saw from it is everything in this prayer is based on his covenant. He's the seed of Abraham. He has a covenant that God would bless him, covenant. That God would protect him, covenant. That God's hand would be with him, covenant. That God would expand his territory, covenant. He prayed based on his covenant. He prayed based on what God told him was already available to him. 
Just like David, when he took on Goliath, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this man with no covenant? But because David had a covenant, he took down Goliath, which lets me know anybody in Israel could have taken down a Goliath too. When you pray, stop praying based on your limitations. Pray based on your covenant. Pray based on the word of God. Pray based on what God has told you. Pray, pray based on the prophetic promises God has spoken over your life this year. Let that be your basis of your prayers, not your limitation of what you've seen. Well, this is what I've seen. This is what I've heard. Well, that's great. See something new. Hear something new. Get into that Kabul mentality of ceiling and vision unlimited. Because some of you right now, well, Pastor, that sounds great, but, you know, I'm older than you. I've lived for more decades. Well, that's great. You can keep getting older and be limited, or you can enter into the greatest decades of your life. It's going to be what you decide to do, because your limitation is up to you. How far you advance is up to you. So, well, there is a devil. Yes, there is a devil, but stop praising your enemy. Your God is greater than the devil, and you are his children. And if God could take care of the king of Assyria, don't you think he can take care of any enemy that steps to you? God has restoration on his mind. God has recompense on his mind. God has vengeance on his mind. You step out and do what God has called you to do. People come up against you. You don't get mad at them. You forgive everybody of everything and let God be God. Let God deal with them. As we said last week, you don't get revenge. You let God handle it. You decide, I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to walk by faith. And you just step out the way and let God be God. And let God handle it for you. Choose not to be drawn out of the Kavu atmosphere because you get petty and you seek to get revenge and get people back. Go to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Take the limits off. One of the things I liked about that Edison and Henry Ford story and other people who are at that table, because at first I was like, well, is this a real story? Did it really happen? I started reading, okay, yeah, these people actually hung out. They actually took road trips together. That's where we get the whole philosophy of doing road trips, because they would do road trips. But one of the things about their mentality, they could dream like that because everybody at that table was a dreamer. So you need to be around some people who are dreamers. You need to be around some people who believe in Kavu. You need to be around some people who believe you serve an unlimited God and not people who are crows who put you back up on that boat. Yes, we can love people who sing the crow anthem, but that can't be where we hang around all the time. You have to have four crazy friends, just like the people who brought the lame man to Jesus. Because you have to be just a little bit out there to say, well, man, church is packed out today. We can't get in. There's a roof. That doesn't sound like normal thinking. That's just, just a tad bit out there. Sounds like my friends, but it's just a tad bit out there. They said, well, let's climb on the roof, cut a hole in the roof. Don't try that here. Lower him down, and we can get him to Jesus. But the thing is, not only were those four crazy friends a little out there, but so was the guy they were carrying, because he had to give permission. So they cut the hole, and they started lowering him down and lowering him down. You know, hopefully they lower him down softly, but they may have dropped him. <laughs> but because they got him, 
to Jesus. Because they refused to be limited by the limitations around them. Healing came. Forgiveness came. And everybody left that place saying, we haven't seen anything on this level before. They were all in awe and amazed. You won't be in awe if you stay within your limitations. You can play it safe. Well, yep, exactly what I expected came to pass. And you expected nothing. So, well, Pastor, I'm concerned that if I step out there, what if it doesn't happen? What if it does? But what if it does? What if it does? Doesn't that potential outweigh it may not happen? This is a year of abundant harvest. You need to go harvest. Because Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep, of course, again means to guard. But the word issues here also means forces. So from your heart flows the forces of life. It also means springs. From your heart flows the springs of life. But it's also borders. From your heart are the borders of your life. What are you putting in your heart? Are you feeding on the word? Or are you feeding on fear? Are you feeding on my God can do anything? Or are you feeding on your limitations? What are you depositing in your heart? Because in Matthew 12, Jesus calls our heart our, the treasury or the storehouse. Your heart is a storehouse and a production center. That whatever you keep putting in will come out. Because Jesus, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever you keep putting in is going to come out your mouth. But Jesus goes on in Matthew 12 and says that evil things can come out of the heart as well as good things. So now it's not just words, it's actions and manifestations in your life. And it's all based on what did you put in. Well, pastor, I'm not putting things in. Are you sure? Let's just go back and look at your Netflix history. Amen. Well, pastor, I don't watch Netflix. I don't want to spend that money. Okay. Go back and look at all the social media posts you've been looking at. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. What do you keep feeding on? Well, I have to stay updated on news. Yes, I agree. I stay updated on news, but I don't eat it 24-7. You know, I get dings on my phone. The U.S. Today says this. Okay, that's great, but I'm not going to meditate on that right now. What are you continually feeding on? Because that's what's going to come out your mouth. That's going to form the borders of your life, and that's the limitation you will live in. But if you start feeding, oh, my God can do anything. I like what something I heard Tim Story said once. He says, if you shift your satellite dish to the All Things Are Possible network, what are you going to focus on? The limitation? Or your God who can do above and beyond? All you can ask, think, pray for, imagine. Go to Romans chapter 8, verse 26. You serve the God of the breakthrough. Romans chapter 8. Would you pay attention to the first part of verse 26? Likewise, or in the same way, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. The word infirmity means weaknesses, but also means limitations. The Holy Spirit within you helps. Your limitations. What does he help you do? Go beyond them. So even if there are some real limitations in your life, the Spirit of God will help you go beyond it. Go to Joshua chapter 1. 
So, well, Pastor, what are you doing? Removing all your excuses. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Verse 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper whithersoever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate. That word means to think on, to say, to roar. So in other words, you keep this word in your mouth. And you think about it. You say it continually. You roar it out. That you may observe to do according to all that is written there. And for then, after you meditate on the word, you made a decision to be strong and courageous. You continually say the word of God. You continually roar the word at your situation. Then you shall make your way prosperous. But I was looking at this phrase, make your way prosperous. And it means to push forward. Then you will push forward. Remember, Joshua's going to take the land. He needs to push forward, but also means to break out. Joshua is about to face giants, walled cities, very real limitations. But God says, you do this, you'll break through and break out through all those limitations. It also means to make prosperous, as we saw, and to experience prosperity. Don't be the ones who limit God this year. Because when we look at Psalm 78 again, we started at verse 40 this time. How often did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not his hands, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. They didn't remember how he had wrought signs in Egypt and his wonders in the field of Zoan. The Passion Translation says it this way. Again and again they limited God, preventing him from blessing them. Continually, they turned back from him and provoked the Holy One of Israel. Now, what is one of the main ways they limited God? Go to Numbers 13, and we'll begin to bring this so close. Numbers 13. Numbers 13. Verse 31. We know 12 spies went out. Two come back with a faith-filled report. Ten come back with what God calls an evil report, a report of unbelief. For the men that went up with them, the ten spies, said, We be not able to go up against this people, for they are stronger than we are. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eats up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in what? Our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. So notice the limitation is not just based on how strong their enemy is. The limitation is based on how they see themselves. See, one of the ways they limited God was refusing to believe his promise that the land was theirs and they could take the land. Do not limit what God can do in your life because you refuse to believe his word and his prophetic promise. They limited God because they refused to believe. 
Because Luke 137 says, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Matthew 19, 26, but Jesus beheld them and said unto them, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. You have to believe. 2 Corinthians 4.13. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. If you believe, you need to talk like it. There's no such thing as quiet faith. Your faith has a mouth. Let it run. If you're going to run any mouth, run the mouth of your faith. Your faith needs to talk. Don't let the enemy change your vocabulary. Don't let them limit what you believe God for. Stop reciting the crow commandments and the anthems. Start rehearsing all the victories of what your God has already done for you. Start proclaiming the abundant harvest you will see this year. Proclaim the restoration and recompense that is coming your way. This is your year of abundant harvest. Do not limit your God with your unbelief. Pray big prayers based on your covenant because you serve an even bigger God. Keep the word of God in front of your eyes and in your mouth. Remember, your God is the Lord of the breakthrough, the Lord of the harvest, the God who brings restoration, and the almighty God who is more than enough. You have kavu. What God told you will come to pass. Take the limits off and only believe. Don't limit him. Don't restrict him because you refuse to believe. Believe that your God is able. Believe that your God is willing. And believe that he's going to do it. Stir yourself up every day about that. You wake up every morning and you declare what God's going to do. And you do what our bishop taught us. Go to bed, get up. 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 Where's DeAndre? I should have a beat to that. That's what you do every day. Because you're living in expectation that you really expect something good is going to happen to you today. You live expecting miracles that you're going to see the abundance of your God. Amen. I hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. Connect with us on social media. Our handle is at WeAreFaithATL. Follow us online at FCCGA.com. If you want to support the ministry financially, you can text FCCGA to 73256 or give online. But most importantly, we never want to close a broadcast without giving you the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you never pray this prayer, Repeat after me, and meet it from the bottom of your heart. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your Son. I believe that He died for me, but on the third day, you raised Him from the dead. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Spirit, and help me to live this Christian life. If you pray that prayer, we believe you've been born again. So if you pray that prayer, let us know by connecting with us online or emailing us at info at FCCGA.com. Once again, thanks for tuning in today. 
We look forward to seeing you next time. Have an amazing day.